0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of Pittsburgh Baseball Now's very own podcast. And this is episode number three on the YouTube channel. Shout out to Murph for creating this YouTube channel and helping us expand uh, the PBN reach. Um, It's been pretty awesome. Uh, Nola, maybe you can give us a little bit of an update for the jersey giveaway. Um, The Bubba Chandler jersey, that is. Looking forward to any updates you have.
1: are we going to yeah. do the giveaway at the beginning or end?
0: Let's do the giveaway at the end. Create some suspense. Okay. we got to okay. create some suspense for the folks. Um, but, yeah, uh, like I said, Murph, creating the YouTube channel, it's been great. Uh, we have Corey Schrader on as a guest, talking with us, talking some ball. Uh, Nola highly recommended this guy, so, Corey, don't mess up. This is your big moment, man.
2: Oh, man. You're about to
0: have like 50 people watch this and critique I, you.
2: I got the call to the majors today and uh we'll see how it goes. Cup of coffee. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely, yeah. man. Don't go schlepping back to the minors, okay? We we well, we can't have that.
2: Happen. We got to see what the <laughs> EVs are. Um, you know, see if they're up to major league caliber, if not. Yeah, we'll the, talk about definitely.
0: your IPB, too, see what's going on with uh, the fastball. Everybody loves it. <laughs> everybody, everybody does. But we got to introduce the other co-hosts for the evening. We got Anthony Big Bear Murphy and Petty Nola Jeffy. What's going um, on, boys? Good to see you again. What's going on? Yeah, what's just, going
3: being,
1: on? just being petty as normal. Hey, man. Yeah, Everybody I mean, thinks I'm going going negative on the on the team and the system, but I think for good reasons.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's just you know, it's not negativity. It's more, you know, unbiased opinions on the matter. So yeah, you know, that's how the
1: same it works. Just kind of look at the system as it is and giving some thoughts and opinions, which we'll touch on that. So
0: yeah, yeah, we will touch on that. Um, But the first topic of the night, uh, I'm excited to dive into it. Mitch Keller. um, Obviously, it seemed like before tonight's game, he fell off of of one of the highest cliffs I've ever seen a pitcher fall off of. I mean, April, all the way up until the All-Star break, he was dominating. Um, My Cy Young votes prediction was looking better and better as uh, the starts continued and progressed. Um, And then you know, what was it? 14, 13 earned runs in his last two starts before Friday night start. Um, And it was looking fairly shaky to say the least. Uh, But this is why we brought Corey on to kind of save the day and talk some Mitch Keller. So Corey, (laughs) I know you're the fastball guy. Nola has uh, amped you up a little bit with it. So Let's dive into some Mitch Keller, man. What have you seen? What do you like? What don't you like? You know, give us your opinion on
2: it. Uh, so what I don't like, excluding today's uh information added in, was uh, the previous I think four starts in July. We had some pretty brutal Mitch, really. It was um, like a 704 ERA, like 6.3 uh, FIP, and the big for Me, the big takeaway, um, talking fastball with Mitch was that I feel like the command on the fastball had kind of evaporated on him. And, um, for him at least, he's kind of a kitchen sink pitcher, right? He throws what six, seven different offerings, and a lot of that works off of the strength of his uh fastball, uh, command, velocity, you know, etc. And, um, looking at some of the under the hood stuff um, you you see that losing that command led to increased uh, walks. It was up like almost 2% from his stretch of dominance. I mean, like you said, he, he was a legitimate Cy Young candidate from March, whatever, 30 till June 28th. Um, But I think a lot of folks may look at up until maybe tonight, people, I think as we talked a little pre-show, like it, It might be back. It might not be, but it was encouraging for sure. I think you get some of the folks in Pittsburgh say, we've seen this before fans, you know, same old Mitch kind of thing. And I don't know that I would go that far. Um, uh, like tonight, 18 whiffs is outstanding. Um, through more strikes, um, the sweeper was terrific tonight. I think I, I think I saw it had quite a few whiffs, um, that pitch is just when it's on, that's like, that's a true 80 grade offering when it's really hitting. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, 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 think tonight we saw a little bit of it and I think it's still in there. I, and uh, I think we had, we all kind of agreed that we weren't out on him at yet when we talked here in the beginning of the, our, our pre-show little chat on him. Um, I I still think it's command is the big, uh, bugaboo for him, uh, right now. And it was a little better today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The command was there. We talked a little pre-show. I think it was 70 strikes to 108 total pitches. Um, you know, and I think, you know, when you talk to Derek Shelton and when he discusses the entire pitching staff as a whole, you know, the main message for each and every pitcher that him and Oscar, um, was delivering was attack the strike zone, throw strikes and, you know, force the batter to, to make a decision. And, you know, that's what Mitch was doing. And you alluded to that with better command, better control. And, you know, the fastball has always been his bread and butter. And now we're seeing three, maybe four different variations of it, you know, adding the cutter, which has been a big thing for him. Um. But Murph, Nola, for uh, your uh, opinions, thoughts on Ke- Keller up to this point, um, I don't know him. But where are you on Keller? So
3: for for me with with Keller, like I, I know I mentioned this at like when we were talking going into the season, and this is kind of just building off of like what Corey said. I, I think. For someone, and like you know, they, they, they posted a lot on the games during the broadcast about like how many called strikes and called strikeouts that that uh Keller is able to, to, to get. And I think when if the command isn't there and he's not a guy who's going to get a bunch of swing and misses and stuff like that, that um he's going to run into the issues. And we've seen now, now we've seen what kind of issues he could run into, and you know, so like t- tonight or you know, when we're recording, he you know. How many how many swings and misses did, did we say he had like 18 so 16 eight yeah so 18, 18 yeah you get those you get those incorporated in he started hitting his spots a little bit more and then you now now we can start seeing maybe the flashes there but if he's not going to be a guy who who generates a lot of swings and misses on a consistent basis then then he better be hitting his spots and and if he and yeah
1: yeah, I, was saying, I know because I've talked yep. about it a couple of times uh, <laughs> where um, when he first came up, I mean, he was like 75% fastball slider. And especially if his command wasn't on then, like, you could just zero in on it. we were already zeroing in on two pitches. And then if his command's not on, that makes him even less effective. But now, I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't throw a single pitch generally more than 25% of the time. And then you think about the fact, because he added the sweeper this year, he used to just be like a general slider made of the sweeper. So at any time, he has anywhere from 35 to 40 inches of separation, horizontal separation between his sinker and sweeper. I mean, you're talking three, three and a half feet, where that pitch is ending up on different sides of the plate. So, I mean, his command is going to play a lot of part in that, and, you know, in tunneling the pitch to where out of the hand, looks like the same pitch, and then it just splits, you know. So a lot of it's going to come down to command and placing it. Because see, as Corey said, you know, he's operating with a kitchen sink now where he's throwing six pitches a game to where, you know, a hitter's not going to really know what's coming.
2: Yeah, and um, kind of to build on that a little bit, I think um, in that July poor stretch we saw the K figures drop significantly we're like a 10% drop it was like 27.3% uh, uh, up until the end of June and then we were down to like 17 something so I think for him it's like it's all rolled into one for uh, the performance if the fastball is not hitting that spot uh, it makes it the rest of it more hittable um, another interesting I don't know that you can draw anything from this even when he was getting hit hard he wasn't giving up hard contact significant like it's below major league average for evs against it so that's where i think the uh the walk increase is what was really getting him because he well he was getting hit a little bit more it wasn't really getting crushed it was still like below major league average it was like 87 something you know and it's eight what's average is like 88.6 88. 88. or something um now it was even lower <laughs> before that but um I thought that was kind of interesting because I expected to see it skyrocket, too, and it really didn't. Now, he was giving up better, like, more more significant launch angle, so he was was probably getting more damage done against him because um, he was, I mean, terrific through June. Like, a I, I, legitimate ace conversation, um, not not just a pirate's ace, as some folks might scoff at that, but like, <laughs> uh, you know, not us, certainly, but you know, the lay, the lay fan would be like, well, he's an ace no, for the Pirates. I think I, he's I, an ace for the I so wouldn't I say 18. that at all. Um,
0: <sighs> I, I, I kind of look at Keller, how I look at the entire 2023 Pittsburgh Pirates. And I, I think I have a better and more clear picture to this. The Pirates started off, what, 20 and eight. Uh, something we did not expect. And Keller, same thing, started off – well, he had a kind of a bad outing, his first outing in Cincinnati, but regardless, um, he started off completely dominant. I mean, the guy was looking like Randy Johnson times a million to some folks, uh, especially from his previous uh, years. And I I look at it more now of can we see more progression from Mitch – 2022, his ERA was finally under four. That's a huge step in his uh, progression. Now he drops it under four again. I think it's 397 after Friday's start. Big thing. Can Mitch now get to the three fives, maybe the three fours? And can he earn 12, 13 wins? That's the progression I want to see. Of course I want to see Cy Young votes for Mitch because that means that he's above and beyond what even I expected. But I just need to well, you see progression. Yeah, you called it. I mean you make hot takes, man. And you make hot takes and if it hits, it hits. Peter King is the king of that. He would say the Cleveland Browns were going to the Super Bowl every year, so that way if they made it, he's a genius. If it's not, oh well. It doesn't matter. That's how, how I look at it Okay right now call me Peter King I'm going to change my name next time to Peter King The fifth
1: how
0: about that Okay
1: I'm going to hold you to it
0: <laughs> But that's where I, that's, that's where I see Mitch grand- things. He's exactly What the Pittsburgh Pirates Are in 2023 they're improving But they're not where they should Be quite yet and I'm I'm happy with the progression I've seen so far. July, complete nosedive. That happens, but I don't know. Well, part we, we part of the reason why, why I, to... I think that happened.
1: Let's say part of the reason I want to see you ahead, to see too is so many of the other pitchers kind of fit that same mold as Keller. I mean, you look at Oviedo, Ortiz, they're guys that don't really have – they throw hard but they don't have great fastballs, you know, and that's where we could probably dive into IVBs and dead zone fastballs and everything. And, I mean, like, Ortiz fastball is, like, dead fastball, if you look at it, like, exactly the definition of one, uh, even if he throws hard. But – and that's why in cases where people say a pitcher needs a third – at least a third pitch for a show me or something. And it's like, for guys like that, I mean, they do need it because – for someone like Oviedo, I mean, his slider is phenomenal. His slider is miraculous. But if that slider isn't on that night, he doesn't have anything to go to. Yep. And if his mm-hmm. command and control are slipping that night, he doesn't have anything else to go to. So with Mitch, again, you know. That's why he's
0: a very Cody pitcher.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So. Is Corey familiar with the Cody With the Cody pitcher? The Cody pitcher? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think necessarily. I- I don't think so. It's uh, basically wants everyone
2: to be two to three inning guys. He, he, oh. He was – yeah. <laughs> he had exactly his
0: first starting pitchers just two to three inning guys. I have you know, won it, seven straight World Series in the show. I mean, I, I have some formula going here, boys.
2: It's, you should try to get – in, crack into the coaching ranks.
1: you got to assist them. them. I'm telling. You. Yeah, it works. Andy Literally. Hicks –
0: Watch out. Watch
1: (laughs) it. Resume. uh, I want to demonstrate straight on the show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Murph, get Cody's resume up there, man.
2: Talking about um, the way that Ortiz and Oviedo and, um, to a lesser extent, Mitch, right now, rough patch Mitch, let's call it, are reliant on. Mitch has the kitchen sink, so he can get away with a little bit more. But, but um, I actually think that Priester kind of falls into that same bucket where the fastball is not great. So he's got to rely on the secondaries and if they're not clicking or the location on the fastball suboptimal for the night, it could be a long, it could be a two, three inning you know, kind of outing there. And, um, uh, and maybe this is a, Sort of a topic we can get to when we get into our other one of our other coming up, uh, but it seems to be a problem that isn't that hard to see for the the observer. Uh, you know, we uh, so maybe this is they can address it. Um, it might be a deficiency, is what I'm saying in the in in the developmental program. And I don't, I don't know the inner workings of the of the pitching dev system, but it's more than it's a pretty good s- sample of of players we're seeing that have a similar issue. And I, I don't know exactly what they can do to fix it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a pitching guru myself. Um, but it's an observable phenomenon, and I think we've just talked about what four pitchers in on the major league roster with a similar problem. There's a lot more in the, in the minors, too. And I think we're going to talk about that, or at least a don't, little bit. Don't um, get me on
1: Colin Holderman, so maybe we'll talk about that in another <laughs> <time>. <laughs> But, yeah, let's, uh, let's transition now into
0: uh, our next topic, and that's basically the state of the farm. Um, Fangraphs uh, finally finished all of their uh, team rankings and things of that sort after – about seven years of work, it seems like. <laughs> um, and the Pirates, as of right now, are the number one ranked farm system. And I think if you ask all four of us uh, on this show, it's, it should not be that way. I think there's a lot of overrankings and, and things of that sort. I mean, Paul Skeen's being number one is a bit of a stretch, having not touched a professional field yet. Um, But that's just me. That's my personal opinion. I mean, maybe he's number one. Who knows? But we haven't seen him pitch yet, so you can't really gauge that sort of thing. That's just a bugaboo of mine. Anyways, the state of the farm, where are we at? And, Corey, since you are the guest of the hour, where are you at with the state of the farm? It's clearly not number one, but I wouldn't say it's towards the tail end either.
2: No, um I would not say it is number one, but I don't want to be purely negative with the farm. Uh, Come on man, top I would probably give it a top ten to twelve still uh, overall okay. and, and I do think though that um i am so I don't know the twenty what year is this the twenty twenty two draft I was a pretty outspoken I am not a fan of Tamar johnson at 1.4 but i will say as i am more in on him now than i have been at any point of his tenure with the pirates and that's because he's almost exactly the opposite of what everyone thought he was when they took him he looks um like an actual like impact power maybe the hit tool is still there guy um just looking at uh on the season, I mean, he's he had the whiff issues and the K percentage issues, everyone saw for me. I, sorry, this is a preamble to me saying he is the number one prospect. I don't in our system still by a good amount, in my opinion. Um, but uh, he's I mean, what he's doing, uh, he's now walking more than he's striking out. Uh, as of this month, at least he's got like a point four, four, two. Are we saying, I know are the last show you guys, are we calling, are we saying W.O.B.A. or are we saying W.O.B.A.? What are were we decided on that? I heard the discussion. We're saying W.O.B.A. Week. All right. Well, he's got a. We're a, saying a, W.O.B.A. A four, four, two. That's what allow. OK, <laughs> he's got a four, four, two and a, and a one sixty W.R.C. Plus in the last <laughs> month. Um, and the batting average is up to 260 from at one point. It was like 220 something. Um, yeah, it was um, and the OP and the, the ops, uh, the OPS. Oh, come on. Not, Get off uh, the show uh, right uh,
1: now. Take them off. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm, I'm firmly OPS. I
2: just, I needed to say that. Uh It's up 962 this month. He's, I take back all the, all the bad things I said about him uh back when, when people were comparing him to like, uh, Vladimir Guerrero mixed with uh, Rod Carew or whatever Henry. it was before saying, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, that's. Um, I think he's actually. In that. I think he is underrated now, actually, to be quite frank. Um, but I, I think he gives them another high ceiling bat that they uh, had just graduated, or uh, he hasn't graduated yet. Hank hasn't graduated yet, right? So, um, yeah. close, but uh and, and even looking at some of his underlying info uh the whiffs are still a little concerning like a, a, a above 30 percent. but you know that that's come down i think too um but like the the average ev and the max evs are pretty impressive for is he 19 did he turn 19 yet yeah, yeah. Um, he turned 19 in like june He's got like a one eleven point six max, I think, um, which is like roughly like a equates to a fifty five sixty raw at a nineteen year old's pretty good. So he's yeah. he's blown me away from what I expected, to be honest. So um, I think with his development being a little bit more of a thumper than a pure hit tool guy with power being maybe coming later. I think I'm, I'm definitely buying him being a, a potential different, like potential star, um, in the bat there. Um, but I think there is a lot of, especially after this draft class, uh, coming in in the lack of, uh, drafting some hitting support outside of my sweet boy, Garrett Forrester. Um, who I I did I did personally appeal to the pirates on Twitter adding them to please draft him a day or two before the draft. Um, and then they did. So I I felt good about that one. But um he was one of my favorite thank you,
1: thank you for getting us a hitter.
2: Yes, I I will I will take credit for that one. But uh he's an exciting player to add in there. But um I do think the the bats are a little underwhelming. Um beyond the group we just saw arrive. Now, uh, there's some really fun ones. Um, uh, I, I'm I'm going to be really watching Nick Samillo. Is that how you say his last name? That's how I'm saying it, at least. I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher him, probably. But he's old for his level, but um, he looks great. And he's playing first, I'm pretty sure, most of the time now. Um, so I'm guessing that may have something to do with why he is still at that level. But there are some encouraging... Things going on. Uh, Seitler, also a little old for his level, but he's sort of I an mean, out of nowhere a little bit uh, guy that's doing a little more than most people would have been expecting. Um, but it, it's not it's not number one uh, material. The farm system, at least those are. I, I wanted to highlight the ones that I I was looking at that were exciting, rather than you know dump on guys that are underwhelming or I don't think are fun. And, and obviously we know there's some pitch more pitching coming in, in our Jared Jones, solo, solo Ashcraft. Um, there's some fun guys that are coming. Uh, my, we got to wait for our buddy, Mike Burroughs, who he's one of my personal favorites. I, I, I ranked him above Paul Skeens and our pitchers, uh, best pitchers on on Twitter, and and I got yelled at for that. Um,
3: <laughs>
2: some of that was I'm a little bit sour over the pick of uh, not, Skeens might be great, but I, I wouldn't have gone that way. But I'm just I'm just a guy, so. Uh, but I, I guess I wanted to keep. I'm I've been I was really a little bummed after the draft, but I do like a lot of the stuff they did. And I, 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 I've kind of talked myself into being a little more in than I was on the farm three weeks ago, probably. Um, but still, the, 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 the lack of hitting is, is a little concerning for me, at least.
1: I, was, I mean, that's, that's pretty much where I'm at with it, too. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Yark, I hope you were listening
0: to that. Uh, Corey, finally giving uh, non-anti-Short King propaganda. Love it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Yark, y- you can you can eat that one, buddy.
1: Um, so that's kind of how I feel on it, too, with the hitters. Um, they're a little concerning at this point. Um, in some regards, I mean, are, like Glenn and Jarvis are hitting in Altoona, but they're also 25-year-olds. I mean, they were – picked as senior signs to the 21 draft or are hitting but it's we'll see what happens um chang's pretty much doing what we expected you know we I mean, even when we talked to bird uh, when we had the podcast with him we were like no he's probably gonna hit like 15 home runs in greensboro just because he's a contact guy and the swing he has is gonna fly out of those parks and that happened and everyone's like oh my god he added power and we're like wait till he gets to greensboro and he actually has He's hit a double in each of the last two games, so maybe we're finally starting to get somewhere. Um, I want to go back and watch what kind of doubles they they were because, like uh, – The one he he put it past the outfielders in the gap, so – I was going to say, if it's another Mitch
3: Jeb double, then that's bad. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but uh, then, yeah, like, Seitler I'm interested in, Samillo. But I – Without tuna and Greensboro, a lot of them is pretty much just like repeat level guys right now. Yeah. It's guys. I mean, Mason Martin just got promoted again. We'll see what he does in his second taste of AAA. But you know, like Frazier's still in AA. A. Uh, Gorski got hurt again, but you know, was it was he hadn't been there a full year. But even like Matheson was got hurt in Greensboro, went back to Greensboro. Or got hurt in Altoona, went back to Greensboro, and he's still there. I mean, Ernie O'Daniel just got let go. So, but at least on the pitching side, like Jones looks good. Braxton Ashcraft looks phenomenal since coming back from Tommy John. Like, I'm, he's going to, he's probably going to shoot up my rankings. Um, I'd love to see him start getting maybe pushing the four or five inning starts, but they're probably just taking it easy on him. But he did. He looks like he could potentially have three-plus pitches with above average control, and um, I'm excited about that. Yeah, he's um,
2: completely dominating that level right now.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. And what, he's, he's what we hope
2: Kyle Nicholas would be. Yeah. Kind of with
3: the stuff,
1: yeah. And, and one thing I was thinking about today, too, with regards to this year's draft is maybe they did kind of take a shift after the 21 draft, because you look at the 21 draft, and I think, like, Sullivan's in – double a he's doing okay but i mean he's only 22 so he's still got time he turns 23 in october but like like jack carey's still in greensboro but already i mean nielsen diamond massey they're already moving guys back up or moving guys up to high a that are so they're already progressing a lot better than the 21 guys from from the 22 draft so maybe they have finally found a little bit of something that's working for them so in terms of the Fangraphs ranking, I mean, we're going to see a bunch of guys drop off pretty quickly soon. I mean, Tanks got, I think, 13 at-bats left. Uh, Gonzalez is around 100 at-bats. Uh, Triolo's around, like, 90. Endy and Piguero are going to be a little longer. But um, once they drop off, it's going to hurt it a bit. But also, uh, the Fangraphs update wasn't, like, a true update. They didn't, like, update reports and stuff. So... I can't really see someone keeping priest or a 50 right now. I was like, I, and if, even if he dropped to a 45 plus, I think that took that, that took off like 15 million in value from like 21 million to 6 million. So, but you know, a solo meadow and Jones would probably get bumped up. You know, if, if, uh baseball America would finally, you know, add solo meadow. And if pipeline would finally add Jones,
3: Yeah, that's frustrating. That's frustrating. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Pirates clearly kind of have, like, their thing now. You know, they, 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 you know, they work towards the, the pitching side of things. Uh, the pitching depth is amazing at this point. Neither of you guys have mentioned my boy Bubba Chandler yet, too. I, I wanted to
1: was. let you have, a, have someone to talk so, about.
3: <laughs> so, I mean – Bubba has, Bubba has the stuff to be like right up there at the top of any prospect ranking list and stuff like that. It's just a matter of putting things together. And we saw last week against Wilmington, he, like what he's capable of. And it's, it's pretty dirty. Like he, he potentially has two seventy great pitches on him with that fastball and changeup. And then the, the slider can still be above average, maybe even fringe plus with it. So like, there's another guy that three potential plus pitches and like, I think the velocity wasn't quite there in the beginning of the season, but like he's ramping it back up to the upper nineties again, consistently. So like pitching's kind of their thing, like you guys mentioned the hitting's like, I think the, the, if you need to describe the hitting, it's almost all upside. And I feel like the majority of it is all in Bradenton right now. Mm -hmm. You got Tamar there, which he isn't really like, I mean, to an extent, he's still upside because he's, you know, 19 years old and stuff like that. But like, he has a lot more of an established floor than you than most 19 year olds is going to have. But then you have like your journey, uh like DeLo Santos, you got Lonnie White there right now. Um, Seidler, who just got moved up. Uh, uh, Shalene Polanco, who's on the injured list right now. Like, he's another guy. He'll have to work on the strikeouts, but that the raw power there, like, I didn't expect that kind of raw power out of, out of something out of him that he, that he showed while he was there um, probably could have pushed for like a 2020 season if he hadn't got hurt too. Cause I think he's at like 15, 16 stolen bases right now. I think he got hurt trying to steal a base or something like that. So um, yeah, the, the hitting's a little like, especially once the, the guys graduate, it's going to be a little bit on the lackluster side, but Like there's a lot of lot of upside there. That if they take the right kind of step when they get to the higher levels, we can be having like a whole different conversation come next year uh, with it. So,
1: well, I think a lot of it. Was like you can go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say
2: Bowen is having a a very good year as well. I I I was uh, I was impressed with him last year, and uh, it's good to see him. Having, having a similar season, I, I think he may have a shot at a twenty twenty this year. I, I, I haven't looked in a couple of I, – I was tracking him earlier he's, for having a shot at it, but I don't know if he – I think he's leading the league
1: that. in home runs and near the top in OPS too. Yeah, he had, he had,
2: he had 18 home runs, and then
3: I think he was at 15, 15 stolen bases.
1: Okay, he yes. he's a,
3: So like, he's, he's right there.
2: Yeah, he's someone that's wor- definitely uh, someone to watch there too. Uh, uh, Trey Gonzalez – I he's playing well. I mean, I, you'd love to see a little more power, but that's not really his thing. He's got like, yeah. like, like a one hundred and twenty ISO or something, but he can hit. I mean, he's yeah. having a pretty good year. Hit. hit and he runs the bases. Good. He plays good defense. So,
1: so he's, you know. he's the key. Brian Hayes of the outfield. It's uh-huh. the ball hard into the ground. Somebody has to I do mean, it. Yeah. 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 I I'm you know what I was. Oh, no, no. You know, what else I say real quick too is, I mean, I think a lot of it too is kind of like the Frazier syndrome we've we've developed because you know Frazier had that huge twenty one season and then twenty twenty two was just kind of like oh man what happened and that's what it, kind of like Gorski did and then talking about these especially like the uh, international free agent kids that are in Bradenton that are tearing it up you know you have your Oscato your Moika guys that you're like, oh, man, this guy looks special. Then they get to that little bit higher level against more advanced pitching, and then they just they can't hit a ball, They especially breakers. Like, they could pound fastballs. You throw them even just an average change-up, curve, slider, they're not hitting it. So that's what kind of still worries me when we start bumping Bradenton kids up because I think even, like, John Wilbur have talked about it and even – I think even like baseball America has brought up before, just the, like the, the uh, competition of like those real low levels now isn't what it used to be because of part in parks of the contraction of the minor leagues and s- shrinking of rosters and the Pirates are doing most of their complex league stuff in the backfields. Mm-hmm. So it, the jump from low A to high A alone is, has become a pretty big jump in itself. Yeah, and we're starting to
3: see that more, too, with people pretty much hanging around Greensboro for a while now at this point. Flores,
1: I mean, Florencio's hurt, but Flores, I mean, he's, what, now like his second full year there?
3: Yeah.
2: And that's another point with um, regarding Skeens and folks with the opinion that he could come in and pitch in the major leagues right now. Um, the jump from even the best college division sec anyway to high a is probably a little more significant than a lot of people are are thinking um yeah when you see what he did i mean just blowing away the best power conference in college Mm -hmm. baseball but it's 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 not in it's it's a there's a real difference i mean it's better competition it's um you know it's it's just i don't think it's I wouldn't be shocked if he did come in, if they jumped him right to, to high A. Uh, are, is he still ramping up? I haven't heard anything else about this uh, since – Yeah, I haven't uh, heard anything more on it. Yeah, he's not assigned to any roster right now, so I imagine he's, he's ramping but, up still. But I wouldn't be shocked if he did – if they dropped him in high A and he looked really good. I don't know what they'll do with him, but – I but I also wouldn't be shocked if he struggled. That's just what happens. I, I don't. It's not yeah. mm-hmm. it's part of the deal. And and I was or earlier. I was going to say. I wonder if they're going to assign Forrester um, to anywhere other than like a complex. But because uh, old our, our friends the Angels have uh, moved their first round pick to Double A already after twenty one promoted minor appearances. Yeah, that, that's um, that's that's like Angels. That's like. We can't even like
3: compare the Angels to anyone else at this point because they, they draft it's, someone, which, like, we want you in the main.
2: The Trash um, pandas, is their low A. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do, I do love, he's a great prospect and he's a very good hitter. Yeah. Uh, probably like, I think one of like the top 10 bats in that whole draft. Um, in terms of being like advanced, um, he had like a, over a 1000 OPS all three years starting in, a uh, mid major, but a really good mid major, um, doesn't swing and miss much. I think he's good. I, I mean, it's very similar to Neto last year. Um, and, and plus they got to do whatever they can to get Otani to think they're taking this seriously. Um, but anyway, uh, not related to the pyre. I just saw that today and I, I thought that was interesting. I, I like, I like them being aggressive. I, I don't see any, you can move them back down, you know, it's, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. But I thought that was fun. Uh, and I, I I was just curious what they do with Forrester. Cause it's, it's a little bit of a similar profile when it comes to his, um, command of the zone. Uh, the fact that, uh, although the Forrester like hardly swings at all. And when he does, it's usually a good pitch to hit. So, um, I'd just be interested to see what he can do where they put him, and if they do this year, I, I I hope they do. But
3: well, I know I know I remember last year that they were they only had they only pushed two of the draft picks, or I guess three. They only pushed like three of the draft picks, I think it was up to Bradenton by the end of the year, like tomorrow. Opposite. Oh, no, I guess I guess they did, I guess they brought a couple. Like it'd be like three or four because they brought tomorrow, they brought Branigan up. And then the only, it was uh, Mike Walsh and then Cy Nielsen. So yeah. like they don't bring a lot of them up. And now like what is it? Uh, Miss Jeb is in Bradenton already. Um, they they signed who was it? Charles McAdoo. The
0: yes. Other day. Yeah.
3: They signed him to Bradenton, which I like. If you want to get conspiracy on that, maybe that's that's an awful lot of second baseman you got you got working there now. So maybe they're getting ready to push one up.
1: Well, like I said, Greensboro's got a lot of repeat bodies that yeah. Even right, there's well, there's really
3: Richard. nothing keeping them at that point. There, there be, they, there's no one they, keeping they, anyone down at Bradenton.
2: I think the team announced Forrester as a third baseman too, so I'll be curious. Yeah. if they uh, was let it Jim do Callis that.
3: when when Callis um you know he was tweeting out all the signings and stuff like that. He said he mentioned that he's going to get a shot to play third.
1: Yeah, so, it'll be I mean, interesting. It's the pirates. I mean, that they, they've been doing that consistently where you know, even like tomorrow yeah. it's like tomorrow's not gonna play shortstop. They're like, oh, we think he's got the tools for it and they're like, All right. They announced cool. him with, they announced
3: Brannigan as a two-way guy.
1: And he, <laughs> well I I mean, Jeb's, I, Jeb's been playing shortstop.
3: Yeah, so he hasn't looked too bad there. I mean you can see the arm isn't quite there, but he hasn't looked bad.
2: I think on Twitter uh yesterday, Gary Morgan said um basically like when people react to players, the pirates trade for, and it's like another middle infielder, like the kid we got uh, in exchange for Santana, he made the point that like, it literally doesn't matter where they play at this point. And um, no. especially that young, but I, I think, and I, I made a point where like, yeah, you should just announce all infielders as shortstops, unless they're a pure corner guy, then you call them a third baseman and all outfielders as center fielders and just be done with it. Cause you want to try them there first anyway. And it doesn't really matter. Um, so don't worry about it. It's not that big yeah, a deal. We, we always go back here
3: and like we always mention the uh, the Rays and they just get, oh, yeah. they just do nothing but draft shortstops and they.
1: They love shortstops.
3: Yeah, spread them out as, as
2: need be. Yeah. So, Best athletes usually get yeah. a shot there, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, so, you figure they already have Wander Franco for like another 12 years, but they're still like shortstop, 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 shortstop.
2: Yeah. Carson Williams oh. is. A terrific pl- player. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I can't see. Uh, this is not pirates related, but I can't see them making a trade um, like prospects for current players. This is not their model. But they, if they wanted to, they could make a really big splash anytime. Because I'm. I. I would put Carson Williams as like a top 25, borderline like elite level
1: player well, on the right like now. That, uh, junior Caminero too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, Anyway, unrelated. Things. I didn't yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. didn't need to get off on that one, but uh, that's uh, I mean, we, yeah, that's right. Take we could good transition athletes. from there to yeah. We talked about trades.
1: We yeah, we could transition that into trade deadline talk. Let's let's do yeah. it.
3: That was we, we already had, so we already had our um our first trade, Carlos Santana, to the Milwaukee Brewers for Johnny Severino, shortstop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so first trade and um what is it there's been plenty of tweets out there right now recently about other players on the roster get, gaining interest by other teams which shouldn't I guess shouldn't be too much of a surprise, you know, teams always looking for pitching, teams always looking for controllable type players, teams always looking for good players on bad teams. Um so of the names that we know of that have been mentioned I guess we should say, who do we feel like is the most likely to go? Who do we feel like – how many more people do we feel like is going to go? And do you think they're going to pull a trigger on a, a big, big kind of deal?
1: I think okay, it all depends. I think it, yeah. all depends. I think it all depends. I think we see at least two, three more go. I, I There's probably a good chance Hedges – someone will take Hedges for the defensive capabilities. There's a good chance – one or two relievers. Honestly, I, would, I started thinking about it. I was like, you know, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if someone tried to grab Bor- Boraki. He's been pretty good since he's been up here. I, he
3: had those two bad outings to start. didn't have a
1: – what's that?
3: He had those two bad outings to start, and then since that, he's been
1: – Yeah, and he, I remember because I remember looking at his numbers when he came up, I was like, man, he has more walks than Ks, and does he even have a walk yet? Or he might have one. Okay. I Think if, if he, he was at like 9 he, games yeah, know, know, recently, walk.
3: yeah. If he's walked someone that's been recently, because I, I wrote about him the other day and
1: and uh, today he did, he had one to I don't know if that was the his first history. one, but okay. so. well, I mean, I guess technically, uh, Corey's our resident trade pro, so <laughs> yeah. well, yeah,
2: so we, um. Justin Verno and I, um, have been doing the two guys talking trades, uh, mock trade kind of pieces for inside the Bucks basement for, I think last year was the first year that I started taking it over. I think Joe Boyd was doing it with him before then. And, um, tomorrow we've got our, what it might look like if a Bednar or Mitch Keller deal were to happen. Um, it's going to be, uh go live sometime tomorrow and um I think the the main message that we both put out there is that we don't really anticipate this happening um, just because there's there's more factors I think at play in moving one of them than just a uh, you, you get X player for X players or whatever um bednar is a fan favorite um under control z 2027 I think he's 2027. 20, um, uh, and there's optics PR to consider with him Um, plus Keller um, it's kind of the same at a certain point the team would be admitting that hey we're not really where we want to be I think um, in terms of getting this thing to the competitive point Uh, when you make a move like that um, that may not be that may not be true, but I think that's the perception uh, that would come from that. So I think the deal would need to be darn near perfect, and it would have to be Major League-ready, pretty name-recognized pieces coming back for those deals to make sense. Um, because I don't think anyone is really saying that Charrington's kind of on the hot seat, but, like, it should he be? If it's the same kind of story next year, probably, and then you might see a different move happen, um, where you have to go for a man's trying to save his job, maybe with a move like that. And I don't, and I don't think that's going to happen this year anyway. Um, I don't think I don't expect either of them to go. Um, if you're asking me, would I trade either of them? I, I would. The price would need to be right, and it would have to be fill an immediate need and I would want that to be a, a lineup hole personally um, probably a corner first base option because it's still looking a little bare in the cupboard there um, beyond what we've, you know, the stopgap kind of pieces. Um, so I don't, I don't expect either of them to really go, but it would take quite a, a good return, I think, for either one. And and that's what Ma- uh, Jason Mackey's been reporting all along is like it's kind of got to be the perfect match, I think, is what we're seeing anyway. Um, but that doesn't stop John Heyman from saying they're getting a lot of calls on them, because I feel like like uh, every day he's been tweeting that same thing. Um, but Hedges, I, I would expect somebody will have some interest there. Um at one point, I was thinking Cleveland might, since they've got some organizational history with him, uh, and uh, who is there? They've got Naylor now, and they have another vet,
1: Cam <laughs> Gallagher, and then David Fry. Yeah,
2: so I, I thought there could be a fit there at one point. Um, the White Sox have acquired every catcher known to man. Not that they're in it anyway, so but uh, the they're eating up some of the catcher market there, although. Uh, I don't think they would be interested in, in, in a Hedges move at this point. But, uh, yeah, I think there's some teams that would need his – or want his uh, defensive ability and, and you know, play him, like, what, twice a week or give him a good – pair him up with a young pitcher or something. And, and, and that's another reason Cleveland might like him with their endless stream of rookies. But uh, uh, Rich Hill as well, I would think um, – I don't know what they can really get for him, but I don't expect him to make it past the deadline, even if it's for the player to be named later kind of thing. Um, If they could get a similar return to what they got for Santana for him, it would be terrific. I don't think that they can personally. Um, Connor Joe is interesting, um, but I know he's under control, so I, I anticipate that he may be with the team beyond the deadline still. But I could see team having interest in him because he does have some positional versatility. He hits lefties. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of a Choi, but I don't. I don't know. That leaves him in a pretty big hole at first base for this team. Mm-hmm. But I could see why someone would be interested in him. Um, is there anyone that you guys that I'm not thinking of that I just rattled off uh, that is uh borderline obvious or, or a second part of that, do you think they should go with a Keller or a Bednar move? I think, I, I think the,
3: so it's kind of like a catch 22. Cause like if, if, if you're trading them, you need someone that's going to help you immediately or close to help them immediately just so, then, like you just don't. You got to start winning at some point with it. But then, mm-hmm. when you think about it, any kind of trade that you are going to do, if you are if you are looking for a win now trade, are you really going to do better than an than an all star starting pitcher and an all star closer? So that's right. If, if it's an immediate return that you are looking for, you are probably not going to get much better than what you are offering up, especially factoring in that they still have years mm-hmm. of control left on them. So I mean, if you're looking to tear it down and, and redo it, then like this is a different conversation because then like yeah, obviously these guys are going to bring in quite the haul, especially with what we saw the um, the Angels do with the with the, the trade they made. Um, so I don't I, I don't I'm not sure there's a trade. I mean, there could be something out there that that kind of helps you now and, and still brings back. Enough value, but I just don't see it as being enough of a a situation to where you can actually come out ahead and for that, like move Rich Hill. That's fine. I mean, you got you could bring Ortiz back up to fill innings, you can bring Veronte Contreras back up to fill innings. Um, the the, we could find by Cam Aldred, you could throw him out there for for a couple starts at the end of the season you you could you could find emmanuel kent emmanuel you can find you can have him fill some starts and stuff like that i know people are gonna be mad because i didn't mention jared jones but like (laughs) i'm not in an overall rush maybe you give him a start at the end of the year but like there's other stuff to factor with it but if you just need bodies to fill out rich hill spot they're they're in the system so him can go if someone wants can take hedges like I'll I'll offer to pay I'll, I'll pull Adam Frazier I'll offer to pay the rest of the contract to bring something a little bit extra back with with it. Um, Connor Joe probably is the most valuable guy maybe right now outside of outside of Bednar and Keller just because of the control and the versatility
2: he's shown. But yeah, I agree on that. I think he he probably is, and that might be unless. A similar situation. It's like, well, is this really worth sending a guy that we think we're going to use for a team that's going to be better next year?
1: Well, a, I, their, return I, the as, their return is probably the same as the return probably the same as the Vogelback trade, where you're getting a reliever that you hope is going to be decent. Right.
2: Yeah. Well, here's an idea, and we had, we don't explore this in the piece because it's like pretty rare that this happens. Um, but like, what about the rare prospect for prospect kind of trade like the gallon for jazz chisholm deal back in whatever year that was i know gallon had already debuted i think at that
1: point well it it was was, uh it was actually i looked it up recently it was 2019 because it was right before the Marte trade because i remember the diamondbacks had perdomo chisholm and piguro they traded chisholm then piguro and kept perdomo
2: so i don't know that that's something that they would explore but teams really don't like to do that. I, I can't even think of too many other recent ones. Um, yeah. But they do have, as everybody likes to remind people on Twitter, a, a lot of middle infielders um, and other teams. Uh, my, my,
1: my personal one would be I, I could see a team doing kind of like what Cleveland did when they got Emmanuel Classe and a team trading for Ortiz just to shove him right back in the bullpen.
2: Yeah, and I wonder maybe, what maybe his value play a little bit better. Well, that's another thing that um, I do – I touch on in, in the Keller floated uh, trade. It, it, if a team – let's just say one of the more advanced pitching development organizations believes um, – I think Keller in, a, in an organization like Houston, Seattle, Cleveland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York – could like maybe take him Houston could take him to another level, even from what he's seen this year. And if they think that that's worth paying for with the control, maybe they do it. I, I don't, I don't know that they will, but, um, that's something that I is a possibility. I don't think a team will do it because it is, um, I don't, I don't think anyone's going to pay the full price, that they yeah. would want for him. But that's the kind of thing that I think if it's going to, I would expect it to be something like that, where it's an org that's thinks they can really um, get more out of him, even um, like a, and there are teams that have the farm that could do it. Um, Tampa, but again, not their style, but they've got a terrific system. And if they wanted to do something like that, they could certainly do it.
1: Yeah, I'll, say I'll, I'll, I'll close my opinion on, uh i'll I'll close with my opinion on and i know yarko like this one that at least when it comes to bednar i'm of the opinion relievers are fungible yeah and and let's and if we look at the pirate system i mean that is probably one area where they're pretty flush are they at the point of being an elite all-star closer right now no they haven't shown that necessarily. But at the same time, like, relievers pop up so often, all the time. And I, I look to what Baltimore did with Jorge Lopez, where he was a dud starter. They, turned him in, they put him in the bullpen. He was an elite closer, flipped him to the Twins for a nice package. And then this year, he turned into a dud reliever again and just got flipped, what, uh Marlins for a low-end return. And it's just – Bednar is probably special, could be special, but at the same time, I don't know. Relievers are so fungible to me. They're so hit or miss that if they could get a team to give them a nice – again, yeah, uh, near ready – like someone that's at least a double-A hitter that's crushing and ready for triple-A would be my preference.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You should – check out the piece when it comes out then tomorrow. There's a, I, I proposed something along those lines. uh, And, uh, but again, there's a whole thing with trading for relievers from the other team's perspective too, because I think a lot of them have that same viewpoint. Um, But like you said, he's pretty special. I mean, he's, he's very good and he's under control, but if we can just find our own, then
1: I, wow, I do we... think, especially during trade deadlines, relievers value gets a little uh, blown up a little bit in a sense that a team trying to find a shutdown closure is usually like a last piece kind of deal. Yep. So they're they're willing to spend because if they're truly trying to win a World Series that year, like go for it. it, it they're going to be like, no, this is that last piece we need to finish things off. So they'll end up paying a little extra because right. there's, there's times where yeah, relievers you see the attorney like really that ain't bad yep. all right well
3: that's a lot of good stuff there a lot of good stuff i guess um
2: yeah you know i the, my my only regret is we didn't get to talk about mike burroughs enough that's fair that's fair <laughs> what we'll, 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 we'll have
3: to have you back on to uh, to to do some uh mike burroughs well, talk if you're gonna talk about mike burroughs i got my own list of pictures
2: that i gotta be able
3: to bring up then too
2: so let's let's talk pitchers again sometime. Uh, here then
3: we got a whole yeah. pitching show, and that'll be I'll be more than happy with that. But um, I guess that's going to do it for the, the show. I guess I'm gonna I'll, I'll close everything out here. Um, like, rate, subscribe. I guess we got to do the um, the contest real quick, though, right?
1: Oh, we do got to do the contest. We got okay, to do the contest
3: real quick. So so
1: unfortunately, I mean. I don't know. Yeah, like p- people can't yeah, see this gonna, real well. I got the, the wheel. wheel. Okay. I'm going I'm to do it twice. Gonna... I'm going to do it twice. And then on the third one is going to be the name. I'm, I'd be I so promise I won't, I was I won't the second cheat. Person. What's that?
3: I'd be so upset if I was like the second person. That
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, You should be upset. All right, there's one. Was it one of my burner accounts?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: nope. 2 is,
2: is it Tank Tankerson the 5th?
1: <laughs> the 6th? Yeah. Yeah. All right, this this is it. Let's, let's let's see who gets it.
3: Burner account. Burner account.
1: <laughs> oh, Dilf Magic.
3: Dilf Magic. All right. Okay. I don't know if
1: I get... Yep, see look right there.
3: Dilf Magic.
1: Dilf right. Magic.
3: So send That's uh Dilf Magic send there nola a dm on twitter at, with your information of where you want to get shipped and nola will get it shipped out to you yeah congratulations yep. and um
1: thanks for listening and being a yeah. subscriber hey thanks so, for having me
3: Yeah, okay so i'll go through so like i said thanks for everyone who entered um like rate subscribe comment um who you I guess comment who you think might get traded um what kind of deal you'd be looking for uh comment what kind what you think like what your thoughts of the system is and um I guess finally in closing we'll go around real quick give our socials any kind of work that we're getting ready to do um as always follow me on Twitter at double underscore Murphy 88. um I started a new Substack, uh bucks on deck Doing really good. I, I appreciate all the love and support and everything like that everyone's done so far. Um, usually in the morning, i got a morning rundown that kind of just recaps the, the previous day. And then we'll have a feature. Um, we have one coming out Saturday morning on uh, Chang, the the pitcher that made his debut for Bradenton. Uh, what is it? Wilbur uh, saw him quite a bit in the complex league. So he kind of gave his thoughts on him as a whole, and then I kind of gave my observations what I saw Tuesday night. Um, Nola, you want
1: to go ahead? Uh, well, I, I guess first off to our uh, our friend, Cody, whose uh, Wi-Fi and hotspot was not uh, faring so well today. F- follow like him Coman also at, uh, yeah, yeah. His, uh, at 2HG013. You need some more? followers to catch back up to Murphy. Uh and then <laughs> I'm uh, at <laughs> Nola Jeffy. I'm uh contributing as well to uh Murphy's Bucks on Deck Substack. Uh, I actually just put out an article talking about translating pitchers with uh better stuff to the majors. Some interesting names on there. Um yeah, check it out. Yeah. Yep. Corey?
2: Yep. Well, I am uh, just at Corey Schrader on Twitter. Um, there, I write uh, two pieces for Inside the Bucks Basement. Um, uh, monthly, I do kind of a look around the NL Central, um, recap the previous month, and um, talk about who's hot, kind of who's not, take a quick look at their farm system, and uh, either highlight outstanding uh, performances or uh, highlight... Um, who might be coming up soon for some of these guys. So I've talked about the reds a lot (laughs) lately with uh, their never ending wave of, of impressive prospects. Um, But, and then we, um, I do the trade uh, piece, the two guys talking trades, which we do have one coming out um, to Saturday here, Saturday, the 29th um, where we'll talk about Keller and Bednar and uh, what we would take for them or take what we would like to see if it would happen and then I believe we'll have a wrap, a roundup piece. I don't know the date on that one. Um, we haven't, I don't think we've got that far yet. Um, on that one. Um, other than that, I'm just on Twitter interacting with probably the other folks, uh, uh, the other guys here, uh, on Twitter or everybody's buddy Yark talking about short prospects and the downfall there. Um, <laughs> I don't appreciate yeah, other than that. I'm just, I appreciate uh, that talk. <laughs> Anytime anyone wants to talk ball or I don't know movies or powerlifting, which is my other hobby, uh, find me on Twitter. So, I,
1: I deadlift the second most here. Uh, maybe the most.
3: I, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna disagree because it's been probably a decade since I've hit the gym like that. If we're talking about like back in the day, like I definitely like give you the side eye with it because I'm sure I like I, I went pretty I went pretty hard back in the day, but right. don't know more. So <laughs> uh, I'll go and give you a second here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, thanks for everyone uh, to tuning in and we will see you guys next time. All right.